the, is it morning yet, deal. How about now? Or now? Because morning time is McDonald's breakfast time. And that's the best time of all the times. Get any sized iced coffee for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. And sweeten the deal when you pair it with a baked apple or pumpkin and creme pie. After all, why wait to treat yourself? Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Welcome to Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky. Our hope is that you will be encouraged and equipped through this podcast as we have conversations with friends from around the world. You can subscribe to our podcast and go to our website, firebornministries.com, and sign up for our email list to stay up to date on Fireborn Ministries. And may you have your own adventures in the spirit. And now we hope you enjoy today's podcast. Hey guys, I want to welcome you to another podcast of Adventures in the Spirit. I have an exciting episode today of a powerful ministry that I'm sure you're going to listen to, you're going to love, and you're wanting to share that with your friends and your family to bless them. But guys, before we jump into this interview, I'd like to refer you to an incredible resource that I have offered for you, which is the Fellowship with the Holy Spirit e-course. Right now, it's only $17. The price may go up sometime soon, but right now it's only $17, but it will draw you near to the wonderful Holy Spirit. And I'm excited that Fireborn Ministries will be launching more e-courses on charismacourses.com. Do you want to grow in your relationship with the Holy Spirit? Do you want to commune with the wonderful Holy Spirit like never before? Your adventure with Him will grow tremendously as you grow through our Fellowship with the Holy Spirit e-course. You can study the course at your own pace on your time. Fellowship with the Holy Spirit will help you know the Holy Spirit more and encounter Him every day. You'll learn His names, His character, His fruit, His personality, and more. Go to FirebornMinistries.com to purchase this life-changing program and start connecting with Him today. And welcome back to Adventures in the Spirit. I'm so excited to be interviewing my friend Doug Rowland of Alive to Love. Guys, he is the real deal, Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit empowered. I've been able to lead several teams on some of his mission trips to the Dominican Republic, to Honduras. I saw signs and wonders and miracles and food multiplication. Thousands of people get saved. People get set free. Book of Acts type stuff happening today. Doug Rowland's ministry has spanned over 20 years, four continents, and multiple nations. As an apostolic missions leader, He's crossed denominational lines for Jesus. Hey, Doug, welcome to Adventures in the Spirit podcast. Hey, Jared. It's a privilege and honor to be here. Well, thank you so much, man. It's been a while, but I love seeing what God is doing in you, through you, through the teams. It's been a pleasure, man. Like, I'm going back, back in, what, 2012, 2013, 2014, those years, leading teams on some of your trips, seeing their lives change, seeing all kinds of people's lives change. I wanted to capture your story and put it on the podcast about what God is doing through Alive to Love. So, Doug, let's go a little bit further back. How did God get a hold of your life? Yeah, well, before we go there, I just want to say that I love how you frame that because I always say, I don't want to show what we're doing for God. You know, today on social media, a lot of people, they show what they're doing for God, and I'm not saying it's wrong. But I think we should always be looking at what is God doing through us? And that is 
so humbling and so amazing to see how God could take someone and just use them for his glory. I think he likes that. So appreciate how you frame that because that's exactly my heart. So how did God get a hold of me? Well, uh, you know, actually, we we may know some of the same people in uh, in North Carolina there. I think you came out of a church, attended there, and were, were the youth pastor for a season at uh, what is now called Discovery Church in, in Jacksonville, North Carolina. I, great people, great church. Yes, phenomenal people. And, and I, um, you know, my father was military, and I, I grew up— um, I, I grew up as a military kid and, and a, an amazing life. Uh, thank God for it. And happened to live in North Carolina for my junior high and high school years where I met Pam Arnold, who is currently Pam Osborne. Well, Pam Osborne, Pam Stribling now. And, um, and basically, listen, I had been on a quest looking for God since I was a child. Uh, you know, my grandparents were Baptist. My father was forced into religion and basically he as a marine officer he let me choose and let the family he he really didn't have much of a taste for for church activity if you will i'm not saying that that's good or bad i'm just saying you know religion he didn't i guess he just wanted us to be free so i can remember going to church as a young young child um you know attending um kindergarten at a a baptist kindergarten, things of that nature. So I, I had a little bit of activity, a little bit of um, awareness and exposure, if you would, to to the gospel. And um, and so, uh, you know, I can remember, it's it's funny because I tell this occasionally, but rarely, and, and as a kid in California, I was looking up one night in the stars out of my bedroom window. I must have been second or third grade. And I can remember seeing the star, thinking about the Christmas story and, and, and the wise men seeing the star. And I just began to talk to Jesus. And I said, listen, I believe you're the son of God. You can do anything. I want you to come here into my room. I want to look at you. I want to touch you. I want to, I want you to come in my room. And of course he, he didn't at that time. And, but my, and so, you know, I was kind of disappointed, I guess, by that. A few years later, uh, fast forward, I'm now in about fifth or fifth grade, and I'm living in Tifton, Georgia, and I'm at the First Baptist Church. And that night, you know, my favorite part of Sundays was was uh, the buffet after church right. on Sunday. You know, fried chicken and and uh, rice and gravy. <laughs> so, <laughs> but but uh, and you know, seeing friends and things of that nature. But I went, I happened to go one night on a Sunday night when they were baptizing uh, people, and I'd never been to that. And I saw these two gray-haired grandmothers get baptized, and when they did, they went under the water, and they came up shaking and trembling, and I saw the power of God on them. And all I knew in my heart was that that's what I wanted. So my grandmother, she said, well, that's called joining the church. I'll set you up a meeting with the pastor. I went in to talk to him. His office was so big. It was a major, large church. And he basically interrogated me and, and um, you know, asked me why I wanted to join the church and threw a book at me, told me I needed to read it. 
from that time again, I felt rejected hmm. and I just ran, I, I, I dug into sports. I got all up involved in sports and, and, um, excelled in, at that. And, and basically was just living a pretty basic life. Uh, and then, you know, as time evolved, uh, you know, got into the wrong thing. Surfing was not wrong, but you know, the culture and the party scene, and that led me on a path of destruction for many, many years. And so basically in 1983, uh, um, I was, I was living in, uh, Actually, at that time, I, I had just moved in August of 83 back to North Carolina. Long story short, March of 84, I, I moved from North Carolina down to Jacksonville, Florida. And my father, I was working for him. He was he passed away. And I started asking questions. Uh, he died in Taiwan. When he when I, we got his body back a couple weeks later, we we had the um, uh, the, the funeral and I just knew enough to start asking questions. I said, God, I know he's not in the ground. Where is my father? And it was a, it was a place I received an inheritance. Uh, I spent it over about a year and a half trying to kill the pain. Hmm. And at that point, I, I came to the Lord. And at the time, I had no job, no money. I was living in my sister's house at Christmas time. And uh, I had found out that, that my wife was pregnant, and I wasn't doing too good. I'd made a, a there'd been a trail of destruction mm. all my life. And so I heard the audible voice of God, and he told me, I'm holding you responsible, audible. Now that shook me. Right. And he said, I'm holding you responsible for the life that's in the womb. And, and he asked me a question, what are you going to do about it? I said, I need you to help me. So then... A friend of my wife's uh, invited us to a free will Baptist church, Cardinal Village, I believe. And I, um, I, I went out of obedience and to, to what God had asked me. And, but I came out. I just couldn't do it. And then we got invited uh, by, by um, Kat Arnold, who was uh, Pam's sister. And Pam had witnessed to me. Listen to this, the power of a testimony. The year before my father died in August, he died in March. And so August 83, Pam, who I'd grown up with in high school and junior high, she started telling me about how she got saved. And Pam was a radical girl. You know, she was a good girl, but just a party person. And and we did that a lot together, not like a boyfriend, girlfriend, but just as friends. Long story short, you know, she shared the gospel with me and I walked away and I said, I'm happy for you, but I'm not ready. I had so many people chasing me down, testifying to me, sharing the gospel for years. I kept running from it, kept running from it, Jared, until I hit rock bottom. And at that point I told, I told at the time, um, I told my wife, I said, well, look, we'll go to their church, but if they do anything weird, we're never going back. Right. I said, if they, if they shake on the floor, pray in tongues we're not going ever going back we're going to run out of there and if they pass the communion that juice don't drink it i said just don't drink it and and i came to that church and i just wept the first three weeks i saw people with long hair short hair no hair uh fat skinny yellow white black green you know all the the nations and people with blue jeans and t-shirts it was a military town you know so there was a, a wide mix and i 
that was the first time I, I said, man, that's a fair representation of heaven. And, and I just wept. I heard nobody pray in tongues. I heard nothing weird. I saw nothing weird. And, but it was like I was being cleansed for weeks and weeks and weeks. And then I went to lunch with Pastor Rick, and uh, I rededicated my heart to Jesus. And it was the best day of my life. So thank God for the power of the seed. Pam shared Jesus with a friend, and that seed came up and sprung up a couple of years later, and I was never the same after that. I got exposed to the Word of Faith, to Kenneth Hagin, Kenneth Copeland, the Word. I got exposed to Benny Hinn in those uh, days, and just, it was revolutionary. The first time I experienced the power of God was at a camp meeting, and the night Benny Hinn came, I felt the wind of God blow on me, and I was hooked. That was it. Amen. I love that. <laughs> so then how did God call you into the ministry? Because I know that you were in the business world, but how did God call you into the ministry? Perfect. Well, so again, uh, you know, when I was really impacted by the ministry of Benny Hinn at that time, as well as our local pastors, who taught me the, the foundation of the Word. And, um, you know, I'd, I'd really... Uh, I'd never been in business and I, I began in the furniture business. So I was a, in the furniture business, which uh, was a great business for me to learn and cut my teeth on faith. And uh, at that time, I was in a, working for a privately owned company in Jacksonville, North Carolina. And so when Benny Hinn came to the, the uh, church there in, in North Carolina, I was so riveted by it. That I began to follow and listen to uh, to his ministry and, and his radio and TV programs on TBN and different things of that nature. And and uh, I remember taking vacation because uh, my, my wife's parents lived in Jacksonville. So we came down to Jacksonville. I said, we've got to go to Benny Hens Church. We went down there. And this time, it was like six months later, so it's January of 88. At the end of the night, he was, he was he had a guest speaker in, but at the end of the night, he began to minister. And, and I went down to the altar, but I didn't get personal prayer or mm. ministry. And so the people we came with were leaving, and I couldn't find where they were. When I went up into the balcony, I mean, the place sat 5,000 people. I looked down, I said, you know, I said— um, he's still down there praying for a handful of people. Let's go back down there. So we walked back down and I stood there waiting for, you know, 15 minutes and just I, the presence of God was so tangible. And when he walked over, he just said to me, he said, what is it that you want from the Lord? What do you want God to do for you? And I, I wasn't prepared for that. I said, well, I, I just would like to be a, a, a better servant of God, something, you know, just whatever generic. Right. <laughs> and this time he laid hands on us, but I felt the same wind blow on me. Mm. But this time, the last time I didn't fall out because I didn't, you know, I didn't yield all the way to it because there were people behind me. I'd never, I'd never been slain or laid out in the spirit. And, but this time, you know, I just let it just happen. You know, I was just on the ground and while I was on the ground, he had walked away, he walked back. He said, something's happening. God's doing something. He said, you're going to be in the ministry full time. And, and when he said it, immediately my mind went, how? I'm a furniture salesman. I'm, 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 how am I going to be in the ministry? And he, he basically, you know, by the Holy Ghost, he just said, and I'm never wrong when the anointing's on me, you know. And I went, oh, my God. Love it. I went, Love okay. It. Yeah, and so that was 1988. Five years later, we, you know, we, 
we moved, I had a better opportunity at a major national retailer to uh, become a manager with their company. And God was blessing me and prospering me. We moved to Jacksonville, Florida. I attended a phenomenal church in Jacksonville called New Life Christian Fellowship, was pastored at that time by Paul Zink, referred to us by Benny Hinn's ministry. And in five years into being at that ministry, he invited uh, Dr. Rodney Howard Brown to come host 30 days of meetings. Now, you got to know, I only went to church every Sunday. I was a good Christian, went to church, paid my tithe, worshiped. I was sensitive, prayed in tongues. When the anointing was on the worship, I would cry a little tear, but I was pretty much dignified, dead, and didn't realize how dead I was until I had a head-on collision with an overflow of the Holy Ghost. And when that happened, uh, in those meetings, I went the first meetings, I, I purposed in my heart, if this was God, I wasn't going to miss it. And so I went to every meeting, even if it was for 10, 15 minutes on my lunch hour. At night, after working a 12-hour day, sometimes I'd come into the church 10 o'clock, and, and it was 30 days of heaven on earth. And halfway through that period, I sought the Lord, and I said, God, if you're really calling me, I have to know, I have to know. And sure enough, there was an appeal made. God's calling you to the full-time ministry. Come down here. That was 93. In 95, I attended winter camp meeting in Lakeland, Florida. And that night, there was a heavenly choir, literal. I mean, it's on video. Wow. And, wow. and 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 8,000 people. I mean, T.D. Jakes was there. Um you know, a lot of a lot of the greats. Uh, Mike Francine was there. Charles and Francis Hunter were there. Uh, Oral uh, Richard Roberts was there. Marilyn Hickey was there. Randy and Paula White. A lot of a lot of people at that time were were in those meetings. And right after the angels, I mean, it, it, it's tangible, audible. It, I, he gave a, an altar call. He began to prophesy and said. You must go. There's somebody who must go. You must go. You must go. He, God's calling. Who will go? Who will go? Who will go? To the nations. Mm -hmm. And I ran down there January 95, and uh, I responded to the call to go. At the same time, I'd met a, a, a mis missionary by the name of Dan Duke who was mentoring me and um, and had became much like a spiritual father to me and, and uh, still is to this day. I'm being discipled and learning every day, but I responded in January to, to go. And then in, in, I didn't know how. I'd never been to a foreign country. And then in September 1998, I left. Ten years after the prophecy from Benny Hinn, I, I left everything and put my career on an altar to be obedient to the call of God. And the only word I had was this. I want, God spoke to me, and this is still what I'm doing today, Jared. He said, I want you to take what I've given you, and I want you to go to the nations, and I want you to go give it away. I want you to pour it out, and then I want you to come back here to the United States of America and tell my people, my church, what I, God, am doing in the nations. And and that's what I've been doing. So I got I got called. I, I left everything, and and um, you know I, I sowed my career and laid it on an altar. I'm not saying it was easy, but there really was nowhere else for me to go. It was it was the will of God, and I am so humbled and grateful to have been going to the places that God has allowed me to go and see things He's let me see. Yeah, and I've been privileged to be on three of those trips and see friends and family members even go and just lives impacted. 
tens of thousands of people responding to the gospel. So you started Grace and Glory Ministries, which is now Alive to Love Ministries. Can you share one story of a life change and transform through one of your trips? Woo! <laughs> yeah, I know you've got thousands of them. Oh, yeah. Well, we do. And, you know, for everyone I've seen, there's there's thousands more I'd love to see. Um, for me personally, you know, I think there's just something about an altar call. You know, uh, the largest crowd we've had, and, and we on purpose, you know, we began going just having revival. We've always had a heart for the poor. And what happened with Grace and Glory, it was a very evangelistic organization uh, with a big focus on soul winning and, and revival and, and, and humanitarian aid. You know, my first full-time trip, I was in Hurricane Mitch, a Category 5 hurricane in Honduras in October of 98 like within a month of answering the call to go, you know, full time. And, um, and so, you know, and by the way, I will interject this, you know, we must always respond to tragedies as Christians. We must always be there after a tornado or yes. hurricane or earthquake, a tsunami. But the, God has spoken to me and said, listen, those things will continue. I want you to go into these places preemptively and I want you to win souls preemptively before there's a catastrophe, before so there's good. a cat fight. And, and, and intentionally win the lost before they perish. We've been on those. And, and you know, Jared, I would just say uh, we've seen crowds of 5,000 up to 50,000. We usually focus on the out-of-the-way places that no one would go to. Uh, populations of a hundred to four hundred thousand, as opposed to the big cities and the big stadiums. We found that most people, you know, most of the big ministries would go there, and so all of these pastors and churches from the outlying regions are bussed in from two, three hours away. But we decided we would go there to them, and and those crusades have been so impacting because you know. The scripture that jumps out at me is Isaiah 57, 15. It says, I, God, the one who dwells in heaven, the one who inhabits eternity with, with, who I, with himself, the one whose name is holy, that he dwells with those whose hearts are contrite and humble, that he might revive the spirit of the contrite and revive the heart of the humble. And that for me, I went, wow. If so, if God's dwelling there, then absolutely that's where I want to be because he resists the proud. So send me to the poor, the humble, the broken, which was my cry. For years, I, I cried out Psalms 2.8. I said, God, you said, ask him, ask you for the nations. I'm asking you. I'm asking you for the ones no one wants. I'm asking you to send me to the forgotten, the forsaken. I want them that I may present them to you. And we have been doing that and seeing the raw hunger, Jared, the humility, the brokenness, the deep desperation, the deep hunger, the deep, um, you know, just the, the deep yearning of a human heart and see God's deep meet that deep cry. Man, so that, awesome. that is, has been astonishing. And, you know, listen, we've seen, we've seen mute speak lame walk i've seen um, it with my own eyes on your trip yeah, yeah it's it, you, you know seeing people set free restored seeing hope come back in uh we've even seen the dead raised and so um it's just i missed that fun. one 
I've got a story. I missed that one uh, a couple number of years ago, but uh, I, I decided never again to say no. Yeah. I, I got yeah. on the bus to go back to go rest, and I had an invitation to go. Anyway, I realized never say no. So I missed it. I'm not going to miss it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, never again. Yeah. So the, the, the seeing God do what no man can do. And that's my prayer. You know, every time I, I minister, I just say, God, I'm asking you to do what I know I can't do. I'm here. You do whatever you can do. You do what I can't do so that only you are glorified. And I'll tell you, that's a big prayer key. If we would just say, God, do through me what I can't do, do through me what no man could ever take credit for. He gets all over that prayer and he says, okay, now I got somebody that'll get out of my way and just be a vessel that will, that, that can't do it, but I can do it through. And he does, he does it. So it's, it's remarkable. I've never seen God move and gone. Oh yeah, I know that. Mm -hmm. No, I, every time, it brings tears to my eyes to see the Spirit of God touch a life, heal someone, set them free, bring them deliverance, bring them salvation. It is, it's addicting. <laughs> Amen. So good. <laughs> I, I tell people, you know what? I have a terminal case of the love of God, and my objective is to infect everyone with it. I love it. That's so good. We've only got a few more minutes. Okay. But, uh, what would you like to tell someone who is listening in who may be teetering on whether or not they should become a short-term or long-term missionary, say maybe going on a trip like yours with Alive to Love or something similar? Yeah, well, I would highly encourage it. In fact, I think every born-again believer should go on foreign soil at least once. Right. You know, there's two kinds of people we need, people who have a heart or a burden for missions and people who have a call. And you'll only know if you have a burden or a call if you go. You can't know unless you go. And once you go, you'll know if it's a calling. And I, I, there's just something about going to reach out, as you know, we're the ones who get so radically blessed when we're out there, um, you know, ministering to people who can give nothing back to us. Luke 14. It is such an honor, such a blessing. So absolutely do it. Join us. We have team trips all the time. Got a big one coming up for Brazil, but we always have them. And, and um, you know, short term missions is the funnel to a long term missionary career. Right. Right. Yeah. I love that. You won't know until you go. Hey, yeah. Doug, what is the best way for people to get more information about your ministry? Yeah, well, obviously our website, which is www.alive, the number two, love.org, and then our um, social media, uh, Alive to Love, and then um, Instagram is be alive to love. And and those are the ways. And, and um, you know, we we're genuinely looking to raise up a new generation of people who would have a heart for missions and would be willing to invest their life into the call of God and take become book of acts nation shaker history maker water walkers miracle workers and 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 you know Jesus was a missionary God had one son and he made him a missionary mm. sent him to the earth a missionary is not someone who crosses the sea, but somebody that sees the cross. Come on, somebody. Love it, love it. Yeah. <laughs> so would you, 
I have the fire of God in my hands right now. <laughs> so I would love for you to pray an impartation prayer on this broadcast for anybody listening in whenever this is downloaded, whether it's they listen in the day it's downloadable, which or a year or even five years from when it's released. Can you pray a prayer of impartation? Absolutely. Be, be delighted to. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you that your presence, your anointing is tangible, transferable, and imparted. God, we thank you right now that the wind of heaven and the fire of Almighty God would be released to every hungry heart. God, do in and through your church what no man can take credit for. God, let a tangible anointing be imparted, be embraced, be received in order that it can be released through your church, through the hands of believers, through the hearts of your blood-bought ones. Lord, let the wind of heaven blow right now and flow, almighty Holy Ghost, flow into the hearts of those who are hungry and thirsty and bring about the transformation that brings honor and glory to your holy name in Jesus' name we pray right now. Thank you for it. Amen. Amen. Thank you so very much, Doug, for being on Adventures in the Spirit podcast. Man, I am thrilled about it. And it's just been a great honor, Jared. I love you, man. You, you've always been special to me. Your hunger and just your, your genuine heart for God and for people it inspires me. And uh, I know we don't talk every day, but listen, we can, we can make that something that, you know, we just stay closer together. But thank you for reaching out to me and giving me this opportunity to share what God is doing. Well, it's my pleasure to serve. Right before Jesus ascended into heaven, he gave his disciples the Great Commission, promising them the precious gift of the Holy Spirit. In Acts 1, verse 8, Jesus said, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. With the Holy Spirit as your teacher, Jared Lasky developed a new Bible study journaling system that is sure to equip you in your adventure with God. The Spirit Empowered Journal offers life-changing steps that will enhance your biblical studies. This journal will not only help you know how God spoke in the Scripture, but also what He is speaking to you now. This is an incredible approach to Bible study, empowering your spiritual journey. Your relationship with the Holy Spirit and understanding of the Scriptures will increase as you use the Spirit-Empowered Journal. Buy your paperback copy on Amazon.com or FirebornMinistries.com. Thank you so much for listening to our conversation and adventures in the Spirit. We hope that this podcast encouraged and inspired you to press into Jesus and launches you into your own adventure. You can stay up to date with Fireborn Ministries by going to our website, firebornministries.com, and like us on Facebook. And may you have your own adventures in the Spirit. Oh, hello. Meet Optima Health, your friend for Medicaid coverage. Like any true friend, we can help make life a little easier with discounts on healthy food and gift cards for pregnancy and child checkups. We include vision and medical help 24-7. See more benefits at OptimaMedicaid.com slash hello. It's time to say hello to Optima Health, a health plan you can count on.